This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hello, everyone. My name is Erin Trelore, and I am the host of Raw Beauty Talks. We're taking you behind the highlight reel of the world's biggest influencers and wellness gurus to get a raw glimpse of what beauty, health, and wellness look like in today's world so that you can feel your absolute best in your body and in your life. If your life were a book and you were the author how would you like your life to go? This was the question that you ask at the beginning of your TED Talk, which is by far my favorite TED Talk that I have ever mm-hmm. listened to. It is so powerful. You're a baby when you did this talk. It was. <laughs> but I feel like this TED Talk, which we will link to, I mean, most of the listeners have heard me talk about you and your story in bits and pieces. But it really is incredibly powerful. And you just state everything in a way that hits home at the next level. Mm. So I'm going to ask that question again. If your life were a book and you were the author, how would you like your life to go? I think this is such a powerful question. (laughs) And we are going to dive into it and so much more with our guest today. Amy Purdy is joining me. She is an internationally acclaimed motivational speaker, a New York Times bestselling author. She has been on the TV show Dancing with the Stars. And I think one of the many accomplishments that you've had that was most impressive to me is your three-time Paralympic medaling and the journey that you took getting there. I think the medals are incredible, obviously, but really it is the story and the journey of how you got to that place that gives me chills and goosebumps every time I see it. Amy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm happy that we finally did this. I have been knocking on Amy's door for like a year and a half because I feel like you just have so many things that you can teach the incredible women who are listening to this podcast and that we can learn from your own experience. And obviously you've spoken on some of the biggest stages in the world. So (laughs) clearly I needed to get you on the show. Amy, we talk a lot about body image on this podcast, cellulite, weight, self-love, the stories that we carry about our body. I would love it for anybody who doesn't already know who you are, if you could take us back to that chapter in your story when (laughs) your life took a bit of a turn. Definitely. So I grew up in Las Vegas, had a passion for the outdoors and for skiing and snowboarding. I was actually horrible at skiing. And so I started snowboarding at the age of 14, absolutely fell in love with it. You don't expect a professional snowboarder to come from Vegas, but we actually have ski resorts all around Vegas and my family skied. And so I fell in love with snowboarding and really didn't even know who I was until I found it. I didn't know where I fit. My sister was a cheerleader and she knew her role in school. And I I tried to be a cheerleader and I, I actually tried out for cheerleading and I failed And so I'm like, I don't know where I fit. And then it wasn't until I started snowboarding and found this group of friends to snowboard with that I really found myself and found my passion. And so I started snowboarding. I knew that I wanted to do it for the rest of my life somehow. So the day after high school, I actually moved to Salt Lake City and became a massage therapist thinking, okay, I can take this job with me anywhere I go and I can snowboard. I'll just be a ski bum, but at least I'll be able to afford it. (laughs) And so I ended up moving back to Las Vegas, getting hired at this world-class spa, Canyon Ranch, and absolutely fell in love with my job. And I felt on top of the world. I really felt like, man, I'm helping people. I'm making good money. I love my life. I love my job. And then suddenly everything changed forever. So I started to feel sick one day while I was at work, thinking it was just the flu. I went home, but within 24 hours, I was in the hospital on life support, given less than a 2% chance of living. And it wasn't until about five days later that we realized this wasn't the flu. It was something called meningococcal meningitis, which is this little microscopic bacteria that got into my body somehow and my body didn't fight it off. It's incredibly deadly. They say it's about 85% deadly within the first 15 hours. So really by the time I got to the hospital, I was absolutely fighting for my life. I was in a coma. I fought for my life 
And it literally felt like I fought for my life. Like I was hanging on by my fingertips. And I woke up from the coma realizing that my feet were um, really bad. Basically, my body went into septic shock and I lost circulation to my feet. Mm -hmm. And so they were doing everything they could, the nurses and the doctors to save my feet. And ultimately we had to amputate them. So we ended up amputating my legs below the knees, about midway down my shin. And I um, had to completely rethink my life and my future and where I fit in the world. And just to kind of fast forward a little bit, I went on to make a pair of feet that I could snowboard in because there were no feet that were on the market for snowboarding at that time. They were just kind of walking feet. There were swimming feet. There were golfing feet, but there was nothing for snowboarding. So I ended up making a pair of feet that I could snowboard in. Um, I then started a nonprofit organization for snowboarding and adaptive athletes with my husband. We pushed to get snowboarding into the Paralympic Games. I went on to become a three-time Paralympic medalist, currently the, the most medaled Paralympian in snowboarding right now in the U.S. But then from that, went on to do Dance with the Stars and kind of throughout this entire time was also sharing my journey and being able to connect with other people through that, not just to share my own story, but maybe to help give them the courage to share theirs as well. And so ultimately you know, losing my legs and going through what you would think would be one of the worst things in your life have led me to the most amazing places in my life. So that's the short of it. <laughs> oh my God. I love you. And I love how you just like glossed over the whole middle section. You're like, they cut off my legs. And then I like created a new section of the Olympics and I... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can dive in. We can dive, we can dive in for sure. Which is your story. It is your truth. I'm so curious about some of these smaller moments that connected those incredible accomplishments. As I know, especially this year, so many people have been up against barriers, feel like the wind has been knocked out of them, yeah. right? Like someone pulled the rug out from underneath them. You are lying in this hospital bed. You're 19 years old. And they're like, we have had to remove your legs. Right. What was that moment like for you? I mean, nothing can prepare you for that. I had never seen anybody that I knew of. I mean, I really didn't even know what it looked like to be a double leg amputee. And I'll be honest, when I visualized it, I visualized somebody sitting on a corner without their legs in a wheelchair right. begging for food. That was the only vision at that point in my life that popped in my head. And so I had no idea what my life was going to be like. I remember being wheeled into surgery and being in fact, because I was aware I was going to lose my legs. When I woke up from the coma that I was in, I was, I was aware that we were trying to save my legs. And so it was a few weeks later that I actually ended up losing them. And at first I felt like this isn't going to happen because it feels so surreal that you're like, we're going to fix this. Everything's going to be fine. I mean, I'm not going to lose my legs. But then I remember the day the doctor walked in and stood at the end of the bed and said, if we don't amputate here tomorrow, and he kind of pointed to mid, mid shin, he said, we're going to have to amputate up here at my thighs next week, because your body starts to at some point turn kind of gangrene, and then you're literally fighting to stop it, right? It's like the dead tissue kind of spreads real quick. And I was very lucky at that point that it hadn't happened yet. It was about I guess probably a month and a half after I entered the hospital. So I was very lucky to actually go a month and a half without having to do that right away. But suddenly they could tell by my blood work that it was about ready to happen. They needed to amputate my lower legs. And I just said, and this is going to sound like it was easy and it wasn't, but I just said, do what you got to do to get me out of here so I can live my life. I mean, I was so tired of people feeling sorry for me. You know, your family is heartbroken, literally heartbroken. Nobody knows what to expect. 
And it just didn't feel good. I didn't like that feeling of being so vulnerable and making everybody around me so sad. And I just thought, whatever we need to do so I can move on with my life just do it. And so I remember um, being wheeled into the operating room and thinking, I don't even know how to wrap my head around what's about ready to happen. I don't know what it's going to be like to wake up and look at my body. After this, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to do anything again in my life. I just didn't know. So what I did is I, I gave myself three goals. This was as I was being wheeled into the operating room. And I did that because I think it gave me something to work towards. It gave me something to try to visualize, I guess. And so I gave myself these three goals. I said, okay, I am not going to feel sorry for myself. I am not a victim and I'm not going to act like one. Number two, when I figure all this out, I want to help other people do the same. And number three, I want to snowboard again, and I'm doing it this season. I've never missed a season of snowboarding before, and I'm not about to. So those were my three goals that I just like held in my head as they moved me into the operating room. And I'm really happy that I did that because that actually kind of created the path for my future. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when I woke up from surgery, yeah, I didn't have my legs below the knee. It was, I remember looking down for the first time and not recognizing my body. And, you know, it just, it's hard to say, cause it was just the most surreal feeling ever. I, I just, I remember just kind of staring, not, not at my legs, I had the sheet over my legs, but, you know, yes. clearly not seeing the rest of my legs and my feet yes. and just being like, okay, like this is truly the beginning of a new journey. And I actually went into this kind of, I, I didn't know how to visualize, like now we talk about it a lot, like visualize your future, right? Rehearsals that people hear me talk about those a lot. Yeah, exactly. And as an athlete, we visualize like crazy, but really at this point, it actually kind of came organically in that moment, kind of in my darkest days is when I got my most clarity and I was laying there looking at my legs. I was in the hospital still lights were kind of dimmed. I remember the TV was flickering and I was like looking at my legs that used to be there and just um, kind of visualizing like, you know, how am I going to snowboard again? How am I going to do this? And I, I visualized myself snowboarding so strongly that I could actually feel it. I went into the, I got lost in this vision and it's like daydreaming, but you know, times 10. So I'm just like, I'm seeing myself snowboard again. And then I'm thinking, oh, it'd be so cool to like pull my pant legs up and be like, I did this on two prosthetic legs. Like yes. this whole vision kind of came to me, but I felt it and it got me excited. Actually, I felt it so strongly that my muscles were twitching and I was out of breath and I literally felt the wind against my face. And from that moment forward, I didn't know how I was going to do it. I just knew that I was, or that I would, you know, work my ass off to find a way. And so I think that set the tone for my future is having those three goals of what I was going to do. And also just having this vision and this feeling that I would be able to do it again somehow. Wow. Okay. I want to just summarize what you said, because I feel like you had so many incredible points there that will be so helpful for anyone who is feeling a little bit stuck right now, or like their life has taken a big change. So the first thing that you mentioned was creating a vision. You initially had this picture of somebody who you know, with amputated legs or whatever it was sitting in a wheelchair on the corner, holding up a sign. So you very quickly, I mean, in the scheme of things, very quickly created a new vision for yourself. One that was so inspiring that it got you excited about the possibilities again. And I think that is huge. We've got it when we're in that hard place, create that new vision of what we can do and where we're going. Then you mentioned setting some goals for yourself really setting some intentions as you are being wheeled into the hospital room. So anyone right now who's like, I am sinking in this space. I do not feel like I know how to move forward. Can you set some intentions for yourself that feel inspiring to you that make you want to get moving? 
And, you know, you do have to focus on what you can do, which at that and and kind of put aside, okay, what I can't do, I'm going to, I'm going to put that over here for right now. I'm not going to get caught up in all the things I'm losing right now. I'm actually going to think, okay, but what can I do? What do I have control over right now? And for me, I thought, you know, I am not going to be a victim. That was a major choice. And I'm so grateful I made that for myself. And then the second thing really was, when I figure this out, I'll somehow help other people. Like those are things that I can control and I can do whether or not I've got my legs or, you know, I have control over my entire situation. So I think it's really important, like you said, to, yeah, like you do have to create a new vision for your future, but it doesn't have to be this like negative direction. In fact, the possibilities are endless, right? Every moment we wake up or every day we go through something new or challenging. It's kind of like, okay, tomorrow's a new day to start a new journey and to believe you really have to believe that the possibilities are endless. I never say, Oh, anything's possible because I understand that not anything is possible. Not everything. I mean, you know, my legs aren't going to grow back or say somebody in a wheelchair, they're not necessarily just going to get up and walk. It's like, instead of saying anything is possible. I feel like the possibilities are endless. You just have no idea what the the world has in store for you. So don't give up on yourself. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals for a second. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that really don't help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversation, and Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teachings so you're ready to practice what you learned in the real world. If you're heading to another country, anytime soon, start using Babbel a few weeks before you go to learn basics like how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants without having to consult language apps while you're away. So fun. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L com slash talks. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line founded by the fabulous Jennifer Aniston. Jen got tired of the same old struggle we all faced, choosing between hair products that work and ones that are actually good for us. With Lola V, that dilemma is history. We all put our hair through the ringer. That's why it's crucial to have products that not only repair the look of the damage, but also shield your locks from future harm. Enter Lola V's bestsellers, the Glossing Detangler and the Perfecting Leave-In Conditioner. They're your hair's new best friend. For a limited time, you get 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com. Just use the code RAWBEAUTYTALKS at checkout. Lolavie is all about naturally derived plant-based goodness, no silicone, sulfates, parabens, or gluten, and of course, cruelty-free and vegan. That's 15% off your order at lolavie.com with promo code RAWBEAUTYTALKS. You can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Tell them I sent you over. We're going to press pause for a moment to share a little bit about this episode's sponsor. Apostrophe is a prescription skincare company for people that are ready to take their acne seriously. Prescription acne treatment really works, but it's hard to get. You have to take time off work to see a doctor and sit in line at the pharmacy for your medications until Apostrophe. Apostrophe makes it easy to see a board certified dermatologist online. You'll get treated immediately and your medications are delivered straight to your home. Simply fill out Apostrophe's online questionnaire about your skin concerns and medical history. Then just snap a few selfies and your dermatologist will get back to you with a customized treatment plan tailored just for you. The best part is that Apostrophe offers topical and oral medications so that you can treat your acne from the inside out and the outside in. 
Apostrophe treats acne and they can also help you hit your other skincare goals like reducing redness, wrinkles, and even dark spots. I tried Apostrophe and was blown away by how simple the online process was and yet at the same time I really felt cared for with the questions that they asked about my skin, the fact that the dermatologist looked at pictures and was able to pinpoint specific things that Apostrophe could support with. So to get started just go to apostrophe.com slash raw and click begin visit then use the code raw at sign up and you'll get $15 off your dermatology visit. That's apostrophe.com, A-P-O-S-T-R-O-P-H-E.com slash raw and use that code raw to get your dermatology visit for $15 off. And we thank Apostrophe for sponsoring the podcast and making this episode possible. So we've got the vision, we've got the three goals, not accepting a victim mentality, remembering that the possibilities are endless. And then another piece that you said that's a really tangible tool that people can use is this idea of a mental rehearsal or or a visioning exercise where you're actually imagining yourself living out that experience. Right. I find it's easiest to kind of go through your five senses if people are finding this difficult, but to daydream and see yourself living out. Well, and you know what you have to do? And I actually just realized this last week because I had surgery and I ended up being in the hospital for six days um, by myself because of COVID. My family couldn't come in. We didn't realize that. So I kind of woke up from surgery like, oh my gosh, I'm going through this alone. But so what did I do for six days in the hospital by myself? I gazed out the window. I literally gazed out the window. I barely put on social media. I barely looked at my social. I did not look at TV, thank God, because so much was going on in the world. And I just was like kind of lost lost in daydreaming. And it felt so good. It's something that I haven't done in so long. And it's so powerful because we really get distracted with social media, with the TV, with everything going on outside of us that's like, when do you really take the time to be quiet and just feel, let your spirit speak, right? Let your daydreams and vision, like be reminded of who you are without all this in, around you. And and last week while I was in surgery, I did, I started daydreaming like crazy. And so I think, you know, for those of the listeners that have a challenge with visualizing, sometimes you have to set the stage a little bit. You know, if you're sitting in the airport and you you're bored you're waiting for your plane and you're automatically grabbing your phone and distracting yourself to be honest that's a perfect moment to daydream that's a perfect moment to kind of retrain our brain to just filter and do all these like creative things that it does without distracting it and so yeah and then you know going on to be a professional athlete visualizing became a a huge part of it not just that but even being a motivational speaker everything i do i have to pre-rehearse in my mind how it's going to go where i can see it where i can feel it some people visualize better if they're looking down on themselves like they see them doing the action some people visualize it better if they're kind of looking out their bodies like they're actually in their bodies kind of looking out and when i would visualize myself like for snowboard competitions we have to visualize the whole course because you might do a two-minute course that has 30 different obstacles. And we have to know exactly where those obstacles are and be prepared for them and know exactly how you're going to take the line into them. And so, you know, we would do the course. Sometimes we would only see the course, not even practice it physically, just look at it. And then basically just run through it in our minds over and over. And the more details you can find, the more clear that vision becomes. And it's amazing because your brain doesn't know the difference between real practice and mental practice and visualizing. It really doesn't know the difference. So you could just look at the snowboard course, visualize it all night, you know, come up with every move you're going to make and go out there and absolutely nail it simply because you practiced over and over in your mind. So through snowboarding, I would find myself kind of going from the viewpoint of being in my body, 
Like that's the vision I'm kind of seeing as I'm daydreaming. I'm seeing like a jump coming up and then it would go out to being outside of my body. I'd see myself going through the course. So kind of these different perspectives of you doing that action. And so, but everybody has the ability, you know, when we're kids, we daydream like crazy. It's just allowing ourselves to get creative and to have that quiet time. It's self-care. Oh, I mean, you are a living, breathing testament that this works. We have a whole section on mindset and the mental rehearsal in my program, The Raw Beauty Reset. And I just haven't ever heard somebody talk about how it's impacted their life so substantially in many different facets. I mean, you're literally having this conversation with me a week post-op. You've had an insane year with your health, with your legs, with... I mean, everything that's going on in the world, and yet you're vibrating. Like the amount of energy that you have and zest for life right now. She's like, I'm in this room. I'm supposed to be resting, but I've just got like so many ideas and I'm launching my podcast and you're just on fire. And I feel like you get so excited about the ideas and the creative spark, like really just yeah. gets right in there. It, you know, it is. And, and it's, it reminds me, that's why, you know, okay, challenges can really force us to get creative, force us to find a way and force us to even go further than we ever would have gone before. You know, they're not here to stop us. Well, you can use them in two ways, right? We can use the obstacles, whatever they may be, to knock us on our ass and just feel, you know, I guess, victimized to it. Or we can use those challenges, try to figure out how to use them to get ahead. So for me, with this recent surgery that I went through, I'm using this downtime to focus on things that I typically don't have time for. And I'm so grateful for it because that's where I'm like, oh my gosh, I have time to finally do a podcast. You know, I have time to actually sit here, relax, gaze out the window and get inspired again. When you're doing the work, which for the last couple of years, I was so busy with speaking, snowboarding, traveling the world. I was go, 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 go. That I actually, I was living the life that I had set out to live and visualized for myself. And I can say I was living my dreams, absolutely. But I I had lost my inspiration and it was because I was so busy doing all this outside stuff that I just didn't ever stop. And this injury that I went through two years ago, it's crazy, it'll be two years in February. This injury that I went through literally knocked me off my feet 100%. I was forced to stop. And because of it, I actually haven't walked in the last two years. And that's why I continue to go through all these surgeries because I am, I'm on this journey to walk again and, and do whatever it takes. But at the same time, it hasn't stopped me from moving forward. In fact, I feel like I'm mentally, spiritually, and in my business thriving more than ever because of it it kind of shut off one part of me, like the go, go, go part. And it opened up a whole other part, which is it's given me time and it's giving me, you know, I've had to dig really deep. This is the biggest, actually what I've gone through in the last years is the biggest challenge that I've ever faced, even more so than losing my legs 20 years ago. And so I've had really hard days, really scary, uncertain moments, a lot of anxiety, but by feeling those emotions, it's also taught me a lot about myself. And I've, you know, had to figure out how to get through them and figure out how to keep going. And ultimately now I feel like, man, this time is really, you know, even with COVID, it's like it, it just knocks you down. But I really believe we all can and will come out stronger than ever on the other side if you utilize this time. Oh, I've heard you say a few times and it, it hits me every time that our obstacles can either be barriers for moving forward or we can leap right off them and fly. And this is what you yeah. do time and time again. And I'm curious to know, well, I always ask our audience to send in questions. I've never had more questions <laughs> than for you. Let me just tell you, they're just like thirsty for Amy. Do you ever have moments when you just want to throw in the towel? Like you seem right. endlessly optimistic. 
You know, I would not say I'm endlessly optimistic. I have had, especially in the last two years with the injury that I went through. So just to kind of explain it really fast. So here I've been in my prosthetic legs for 20 years, you know, snowboarding, working out, dancing with the stars, walking through like 10 airports a week, zero issue. Just like, you know, these are my legs and my prosthetics are extensions of them. Then all of a sudden I got completely knocked off my feet when my the main artery in my left leg, which runs behind your knee, it goes from your core down your whole leg behind your knee, but behind the knee, it closed out of nowhere and created a blood clot from my hip down every artery of my left leg. I almost lost my entire leg because it just happened overnight. You know, I had no idea. It, it felt like it just came out of the blue. Come to find out, and now I, I realize this looking back, but my prosthetic had been pushing into my calf, kind of pushing in behind the knee over and over again. And, and I would feel like my calf was a little bruised at times, but you know, you get used to a level of aches and pains. First of all, walking in prosthetic legs and snowboarding and, you know, for 20 years, but then also being an athlete, I mean, you get used to these aches and pains and you just kind of push through it. And so that I was just bruising my calf. I ended up actually bruising the artery over and over and over again until eventually that artery gave out. Mm -hmm. And so it was a fight to save my leg really for the last two years. I went through, I think this surgery I went through last week was this seventh or eighth surgery. I went through three this year and internal, external, uh, all this stuff. And it's challenged me more than ever. So yes, I have had some really challenging moments throughout all of this. No way was I like miss positive. In fact, at times I'm like, gosh, like, I mean, I need to take a taste of my own medicine or like, you know, learn from the things I share with other people. Cause I'm like, I'm really struggling here. So yeah, I, I mean, I definitely have had um, really terrifying moments where I'm like, I cannot accept that I'm going to lose the rest of my leg. Like the idea of that, I worked so hard to get here. The idea of that is terrifying. I mean, I resisted it in every way and I felt like I had no control over it and the doctors couldn't do a lot at the beginning. And so, yeah, I mean, those are moments that I think we all would go through and probably we all would respond the same out of fear and uncertainty and not wanting our bodies or our lives to change so drastically, but you've got to keep going. You've got to find a way to keep going and you will get through it. You will get through the mess. You will figure out new things along the way. You will come out stronger on the other side. You will learn to accept what's going on. You will, you have to allow yourself, but you will. And through that, yeah, I mean, I think this year, it hasn't been minus all the hard things that I think anybody would go through through in this situation. But I will say I'm not endlessly optimistic, but I kind of I realize I've really learned to reframe. Mm. And so I look at each situation like, well, you know, going through, for example, chronic pain, I, I, I had never been in pain in my life, which is probably, you know, surprising to some people. People, I think, kind of assume because I walk into prosthetic legs that I've dealt with chronic pain, but I haven't. I never had pain. And 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 actually, some people would reach out to me and say, Amy, I, you know, I love how motivating you are, but what do you do if you're in chronic pain and you just can't move forward because you're aware of your pain 24-7? Right. And I remember, you know, just thinking, I don't know. I, I really don't know because I actually have never experienced that. I can imagine, but I probably can't even imagine what it's like. And then all of a sudden when this happened, you know, I think chronic pain is pain that lasts more than six months. I maybe had about four months of chronic pain. And then kind of from there, it was like another year of discomfort because my body was healing. And then I got out of it completely. But yeah, I mean, you don't know until you're in that situation, how you're going to deal with it. And those were some of the darkest days that I've ever had in my life was I couldn't even get inspired because I was so focused on the pain. When you're brought back to your body constantly, you cannot even get inspired. And I thought, how am I going? My whole life has been based on inspiration because I'm inspired. And that's like what helps me move forward. So who am I if I'm not inspired? I'm just like, I don't want to be a victim to what happened. But 
I certainly had moments where I felt like it was. So if anybody is feeling that way, like it's not about just like being optimistic. It's, it's knowing that we all go through these ups and downs. It's just, what do you do on the other side of it? Right? Like, how do you use it? How do you get through it? Can you learn from it? Can you grow from it? Is there something you can teach? I now feel like I can connect so much more to my audience and I can relate. And I, I really couldn't before. So even that is a, benefit and a beautiful blessing that's come out of this. And so I just choose to reframe the situation, not look at it like it might seem so negative at the time and, and horrible at the time, but it's like, what, what could possibly come out of this that could be positive? Oh, actually I could help other people. You know, I even got to the point where I thought if the pain didn't end, I'll just, I was like, I'm going to start a podcast on, chronic pain and I'm going to connect with other people and we are going to figure this out. We are going to help each other and we are going to live our best lives. So that was my way of reframing and kind of taking my power back in that situation. Wow. What you just said about being able to relate again, like dipping back into the pain or discomfort or the challenge and then really being able to reconnect with the individuals who you're inspiring, I think is so powerful and will just bring a whole nother layer to the work that you're doing. I personally struggled with an eating disorder when I was in high school and body image and food stuff that carried on after that and became a coach and was working with, you know, incredible women had my two kids. And with my daughter, I got hit with really bad postpartum anxiety And had a similar moment where I was like, is everything I'm teaching just total crap? Like, why are the tools that I teach to women not working on me right now? I can't tap into anything that I would recommend for other people right now. I was so low in that low, low spot and realized as I worked my way and like clawed my way out of that hole again, a whole new set of tools and that space of just really resonating with the pain that people are in and that feeling of being really stuck. So never fun when you're in it, but there are so many lessons to learn. I think there are so many people who are in this space right now with COVID and the cultural revolution that's happening where it's like, I just am so exhausted. I can't find the inspiration. I can't tap into it. I don't know how to move forward. If we were to put you on an island, Amy, and Mm -hmm. you were in that space that you were in where it's feeling kind of hopeless and you're feeling really stuck and low and it's dark. What three tools would you bring to the island to help you start to move out of that space? Oh my goodness. What a question. For one, I would bring grace. It's so important to not bash ourselves while we are fighting a fight and trying to find our power to move forward. Yet you've got these you know, mental thoughts that are telling you that you're not enough or you're not worthy or who are you to try to do this or look at you, you're beat up or you're weak. Look at all your scars. Look at all, you know, I think one thing I've really learned this year is I've had more grace for my body than I've ever had, which is just, I've gone through so many surgeries at a moment, I guess it was like a year and a half ago where I had this surgery on my artery and because I was also on blood thinners, it created this massive amount of bleeding under my skin. Mm. And I had this huge scar on my thigh. And so that was like purple. And then I had this massive bruise that literally was black and blue. Like when they say scars can be black and blue, this was black and blue. And it went from my hip all the way down to my knee on my inner thigh. And it was so painful. It was so hard to move. It was painful for months. But right after that surgery, I looked in the mirror and my initial thought was, oh my God, what happened to my body? What happened here? Like I was, wait, I was just the fittest, strongest I've ever been in my life just a few months ago. And like, I'm so weak. I am so broken down like the scar and this this like massive bruise and all the fear that I felt with it and it really for about 50 seconds crushed me I felt a total like I fell down a black hole I I felt a total 
moment of complete defeat and despair and did feel like a victim and was so sad about myself and what happened. And then it's funny. I like went to go to the bathroom. So I was looking in the mirror thinking this and I went to get to the bathroom and literally like, as I was sitting down, like getting ready to go to the bathroom, I heard this voice in my head that said, Amy, you need to do the opposite of what you're doing right now. And I, I thought, okay, And it was not easy to think that because in a way you kind of relish in the moment of not, you know, you kind of like to feel bad at times. I'm like, I have every right to feel bad. Why would I try to make myself feel better right now? But I all of a sudden, so I hear this voice that was like within me that said, Amy, you need to do the opposite of what you're doing right now. And so I said, okay, instead of saying I'm weak, which I just said, I looked back in the mirror and said, look how strong my body is. Look how strong it is to get through everything that it's just gone through. It just went through back-to-back surgeries. Yeah, of course you're going to be bruised. Amy, that's okay. Like, that's okay. Look what you just went through. Look how powerful your body is. It's incredibly strong. And then I looked at the scar and I was like, look how, instead of looking at it, like I did initially, which was like, oh my God, I now have this new scar and it just like tore my body up. I was like, how cool is it that every system in our body has to come together perfectly so it can heal itself. And that's what it does. That every single cell, there's all these systems at play. You cut yourself or you have an incision Every little layer has to work perfectly and they're all talking to each other, all the cells, and they literally sew you up from the inside out and fix your wound. That is incredible. And I walked out of that bathroom so empowered and like feeling like me again and just like, okay, just by simply shifting my mindset in a two minute period, I went from total despair to being completely grateful and and inspired by my body. And we have to do that sometimes. So that grace, what I mean by grace is that that kind of self-talk and 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 being able to look at you and go, not like, oh God, look how fat I am, or oh my God, I gotta work out and get to the gym, which we all do that, but look at yourself and be like, it's okay. You've been through a lot. You know, just like you would talk to a friend, it's okay. You've been through a lot this year. You know, nothing is permanent. You might have gained a little bit of weight. The seasons change, our bodies change. We have to give ourselves the grace and support and nurture ourselves through our self talk, through our mindset to be able to get through it. That's the most important, you know, conversation you're going to have is the one you have with yourself. Grace, we're packing grace in the overnight bag. We're packing grace in the overnight bag. Pop it in there. What else are you taking? My gosh, what am I taking? I'm taking highly nutritious food because that is something that I can control. And that empowers me when I feed myself nutritious food. And I know that I'm doing everything that I can do to make my body feel strong, to make my mind feel strong. I think oftentimes when we think about diet, we think about cutting things out. I always think about adding things in. And if you add in enough nutritious food, and that's fat, and that's, I do a lot of high protein, but I do a lot of vegetables and I do a lot of fat because my body needs it. I know that that is fueling my mind, my body, and my energy. And that's going to not just physically give me energy, that's going to mentally give me clarity so I can get off the island or adapt to it if I decide to stay on it (laughs) or if I can't get off it. Beautiful. And love how you've identified what types of foods really feel like they serve your body best. And I think that's Mm -hmm. so important for anybody who's listening right now who's thinking about what they would bring on their island or what nutritious food would look like for them. It's identifying what works for your unique body. So just because Amy has high protein and I'm somebody who like needs carbohydrates or I get super grumpy and super moody and cold and all the things. So you got to identify what works for you. Loving this piece about nutritious food though, and really fueling your body and finding 
physical and mental strength from that. So we got nutritious food in the pack. What's the third thing you're bringing with you? I feel like this is going to be so obvious when I get off of here because I kind of don't know. I'm like, gosh, what would I, okay. I've got like a grace and a positive mindset. I've got nutritious food. Um, Oh, I would bring a pen and paper for sure, because I feel like being able to remind myself of who I am and what I've overcome and what I've accomplished, all that I've done, those are good reminders so that you don't give up on yourself. You are like, this is me. I've, I've done these things. I've accomplished these things. I've fought fights before and I've won those fights. Constant, I think, reminders that you can write down on paper and have in front of you when times get tough. I also think for journaling and being able to reflect on the moments and learn from the moments I mean, you can learn a lot from yourself sometimes if you, if you use a different medium, right? Like sometimes we just sit there and think and you're not figuring out you're going in a hamster wheel in your brain, right? Sometimes when you put pencil to paper, you write completely differently than you think. Mm. Things will just flow out. Solutions will flow out. Reflections and meanings of what you're going through will flow out. And I feel like if you can get those thoughts on paper and kind of organize them a little bit and, and and what you're grateful for and what your fears are, like just get it all on paper that you'll be able to problem solve much better. So if you need to get off that island, I feel like you're kind of got a system to sort through how you're going to do it. And if you can't get off the island, you are working with what you have and being able to continue to live a great life on an island by yourself or not. (laughs) Okay. So words of wisdom from the one and only Amy Purdy, put into your backpack, some grace, put in some nourishing foods that are going to fuel your physical body and your mind and a piece of paper and a pen. And what I love about what you just said is that these are things that are accessible to almost anyone. The nutritious food is something we've got to figure out a way of making that more accessible to everyone. But at the same time, for most people who are listening to this show, they have access to all of these things. And really, I think there's so much power in that because we can all do the work. We can all tap into these things. I want to ask the audience right now, take a pen and paper and maybe a nutritious snack and a little bit of grace. And I want them to take a moment to answer the question, your question for them in whatever way feels right. So if your life were a book and you were the author, how would you like your life to go? If there's anything that I can leave you with from this episode, it would be to take that pen and paper that she she recommended, take that grace, take that nourishing snack or the coffee or the tea or the water, whatever it is that you need, and to answer that question. If your life were a book and you were the author, how would you like your life to go? Last question for you, Amy. If you were to write an email that was going to land in the inbox of every woman in the world tomorrow morning, it was your last email that you could ever send, what would that email say? You have really good questions. (laughs) You know, I would say something along the lines of, uh, I mean, you are more capable than you will ever know. You have more potential than you will ever know. So use it, find it. Like you've got it. We all have it. We all have the potential to live our absolute best lives and make an impact on the world. So find that. And and don't be scared to share your vulnerabilities and your story because that's how you'll find your power. That's how you'll find your purpose. I might just end it there. (laughs) I mean, full body goosebumps. I just want to thank you for continuously showing up in so many different ways for yourself primarily, because in doing so, it has inspired so many of us. And I don't know what your next chapter will look like or how you want your book to end, but I know I am, I'm buying it. I am buying (laughs) it. I am reading it. I 
I'm picking up what you are putting down. I'm forever a fan, Amy, cheering you on and sending you so much. I don't even want to say health in 2021 because I feel like whatever comes your way, you just have this gift of learning from it and turning it into something that helps and touches so many people. So thank you for all that you are. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so happy we did this. And it's really powerful and important to share these types of stories. So I'm very, I'm very grateful. Now, you have some exciting news. You have a podcast that is launching. Well, you can already go and check it out right now. Can you tell everybody all about it? Because I know that they're going to want to binge on that. <laughs> yes, I, I'm really excited. I've wanted to do a podcast forever. And it really became clear for me as I was going through these challenges this year, I was looking for and I needed stories of miracles. I needed stories of people who were facing major obstacles, but how did they get through it? How did they get to the other side? And to be honest, I couldn't find a lot of stories. I know a lot of people have gone through challenges, but I wanted one place where I'm like, I just got to fill my cup. I got to know that I can get through this. So I decided to start my own podcast called Bouncing Forward. And the whole idea is that it's not about bouncing back to what we once were. It's about accepting what is and bouncing forward to all that we could be. And so I'll be sharing stories, other people's stories, stories of people that you may have never heard of before, but that have remarkable stories of resilience and overcoming their obstacles and and grit. About also their solo episodes where I talk about health and nutrition or the insights that I have or that I've learned through the challenges that I've faced and that I'm currently facing. And then there will be some experts and, and at times some celebrity guests and stuff, but really the point of it is just to help us all realize, A, we're not alone when we're going through these challenges and to get some tools to get through them. And also to get the inspiration of others who have done it so that we, we can see an example and know that we can do it ourselves. Mm, I cannot wait to listen and we'll make sure that we share the links down in the show notes below. If you enjoyed this conversation, if you found Amy inspiring, I don't know how you could not take a moment to share this conversation with somebody that you love to help spread her message of resilience during this difficult time. And as always, take what you need from this episode, leave anything behind that doesn't resonate, and I will see you next week. Do you ever feel like you're struggling through motherhood? You're not alone. I'm Erica Jossa, host of the MomWell podcast, therapist and mom of three. Join me each Wednesday as I sit down with guests, including psychologists, pediatricians, psychiatrists, fertility specialists, lactation consultants, and more to unravel the myths of motherhood. With expert advice, practical tips, self-love, and some coping skills to help you along the way, you can become the mother you want to be. Listen to the MomWell podcast at momwell.com slash listen or on your favorite podcast platform.